Good morning, good afternoon, good evening um, for all of you either watching the live stream right now or afterwards uh, on YouTube or listening to the podcast that will be out soon. A warm welcome to the cricket show and it's a warm welcome to Prasan. Prasan, good afternoon to you. How are you, my friend? Hi, Bharat. I'm very well. Thank you so much. Uh, Good to see you after a very long time. I think uh, it's been a long time since we last spoke after the IPL. So thanks for having me again. Uh, absolute pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, it's good to have regular cricket back on our screens. Uh, international cricket, that is. We've enjoyed the IPL. Now we're down to uh, back to the uh, bread and butter of international cricket. And it, I think the main starting point for me, especially living where I am in Leicester, was seeing the crowds back in the stadiums. Absolutely. I think uh, here in India, we were very confused about how that was going to work because uh, we didn't expect the crowds to come in this early, especially given the way the pandemic has swept around the whole globe, so to say. But uh, to see the way the crowds have come in and enjoyed the cricket, I think it's a bit of a relief for the cricketers as well. Uh, it's an extra impetus for them to do well and perform in front of a crowd. And we even saw a proposal at the Sydney Cricket Ground, so it can't get better than that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that person must have been under a lot of pressure to do that. But uh, <laughs> she said yes, so he was um, he was uh, uh, ended up well for him. Yeah, that was a good uh, good moment there. But I was looking at the rules uh, for allowing crowds. And as you know, from this weekend, uh, well, this week, actually, after Wednesday here in England, crowds are back if you're in tier two football matches. And I was looking at the regulations for the cricket in Australia. I think they're quite fair in terms, you know, they're 50% limits at Sydney, I think, and 60% in Canberra. But in terms of um, people who buy the tickets, um, sit together but they've got to allow for spacing there's directions around the stadium uh, so there's not congregations um, so I think they managed it really well but for me it was the noise and uh, seeing the flags it just brought it back you know the crowds are a huge part of any sporting event yeah undoubtedly I think you hit the nail on the head right there you know crowds are very important to what the cricket is because uh, when we saw the last time West Indies played England and then Pakistan played, you know, it, it was a little bit off. You know, there was something that was going wrong. Uh, and obviously, the whole point of that was that there was no crowd. There was no one to cheer the players on. Uh, there weren't any reactions that were elicited every time of a ball went for four or went for six or, you know, there was a wicket. So, But now with crowds back, you know, it gives the players a lot more to play for. It gives us as spectators from back home so much to cheer about you can see those emotions on the screen you can connect with those emotions so it's a whole uh, it's good to see that cricket is returning to the normalcy for sure um, but i think for the last two d20s if i'm not wrong there are obviously con uh, contrasting reports but i'm hearing that there might be 100 uh, percent crowds allowed for the last two d20s so if that's the case um, you know it might be something special but I'm still not too convinced about how they're planning to uh, evade the whole coronavirus issue because it's not like they're going to test every single person uh, completely when they come into the stadium. So I'm just hoping nothing untoward happens because it did happen during the South Africa versus England match that had to be called off. So I'm just hoping nothing untoward happens and we have two good games of cricket before the test series. Yeah, absolutely. But um, And we'll see how it goes uh, tomorrow. I wasn't aware of the 100%, but it'll be interesting if uh, Cricket Australia do do that. Um, 
but uh, I think um, the contrast you made, the IPL without the crowd, you know, it, it was it was still a brilliant spectacle. Uh, but the contrast you made between the England-Pakistan series and the current Australia-India series, I think, was uh, an excellent point in the sense that um, the uh, the players do feed off the crowds, and uh, and it, and their emotions are obviously uh, reflected on how the crowd is reacting as well. So that was good to see, uh, especially with a a passionate captain that we have. Um, I think he feeds off uh, the support, uh, supporters in the stadium. So the, and how different it was when in, uh, England played Pakistan. Um, so that was really good to see. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But fair play to Cricket Australia for bringing back the crowds. We'll see how it goes today in the uh, English Premier League. I know the lower leagues had a few thousand. Uh, I think there's a capacity of 2,000 per stadium here at the moment if you're in tier two. Uh, Leicester is still in tier three, so we won't be able to see any football very soon. Uh, but um, it was brilliant to see in Australia the crowds coming back, and a majority of them, as always, when India play anywhere outside India, they get incredible support. But despite that support, um, what went wrong in the first uh, two games? I mean, you can't say anything, but we were totally outplayed in those two first two games. Was it? Um, well, let me hear your thoughts on what went wrong first. Yeah, I think uh, it really started off with the way we bowled. You know, it's never ideal to chase targets of 370 plus, 390. Uh, I mean, despite having some of the best batsmen in the game, it really puts a batting side under pressure. And there's always a right way to go about it. And uh, us as armchair experts, we can sit at home and make all the assumptions we want. But the truth of the matter is, you know, T20 cricket is obviously... Uh, there's a stark contrast in the way batsmen approach the T20 format versus the ODIs. And uh, I think I, I said this up front as well that, you know, we have a much better chance of winning the T20 series when compared to the ODIs because it just seems like, um, you know, the Indian batsmen didn't have that patience that is required in the ODI format. Uh, most of them got starts. We saw Mayank Agarwal got a start, Virat Kohli got a start. But all of them ended up throwing the wicket away, which is ideally not the case in ODI cricket because you need to go the length. You need to go 50 overs. And if you can bat 50 overs, then it certainly makes a good case of you chasing down those big totals, how much ever they might be. But that wasn't the case. You know, the batsmen kept throwing away the wickets. And I think that was the biggest uh, issue with the team. And good to see that we managed to pull off one win. But uh, I think that is solely down to the way the bowlers bowled. And obviously, that fantastic partnership between Pandya and Jadeja, without which uh, India wouldn't have even crossed the 300-run mark to begin with. Okay. It's interesting you mentioned the fact that you know the players were still in T20 um, mode, but how come the Australians weren't? And should um, your team, Bangalore, uh, uh, Punjab, and Rajasthan, ask for a refund from Smith, Finch, and Maxwell? Well, I mean, uh, we certainly were the butt of all jokes for sure. Uh, the RCB fans, no doubt about that. And I think the Kingsland Punjab fans also took their fair share of trolling, but. I mean, that's that's the nature that, uh, you know, the home ground advantage brings for you. And Maxwell himself uh, spoke about it multiple times just before the third ODI as well. He spoke about how he loves playing in Australia, how he loves playing, you know, uh, in front of crowds and how he can trust the bounce on the surface. So it was only natural to see that the Australians are going to, were going to do well. But uh, the only thing the Indians probably didn't take out of the Australian uh, batsmen's books, uh, they didn't take a leaf out of their books, is that they didn't approach their innings right. You know, if you see the Aussies as well, you know, they picked the right bowlers to attack. Uh, they picked the gaps, whereas the Indian batsmen are going to go for broke every uh, in every single ball. And 
that just doesn't help in any uh, match and especially not in the 50 over format so uh, it was very uh, disappointing to say the least but i think they'll take a lot of learning uh, out of it and uh, that's why i said we have a re- really good chance in the t20a series on a couple of points, I mean, um, the Australian batsmen, I mean, they adapted incredibly, obviously. You make a fair point about home conditions um, and uh, playing in front of crowds. Uh, but Smith, um, Finch and uh, Maxwell were definitely a difference. And I think uh, if a team posts close to 400, Chase struggled uh, nine and a half times out of 10. Um, it's one of those unique uh, occasions when something clicks that you're going to chase down those scores. Um, do you think it was because of the d- nature of the tournament in the sense that, you know, the preparation was in a bubble, no proper practice games, that the bowlers were just um, not on it straight away? I don't think so. Uh, well, I'll be honest, you know, when um, just after the match, when Aaron Finch and Virat Kohli were speaking post-India's loss, uh, Kohli mentioned one thing that uh, Hardik Pandya's inclusion in the side, I mean, uh, was going to be purely as a batsman, but he had to bowl because the Indian bowlers were erring in their line in length and, you know, none of them were able to make a considerable impact. But when Hardik Pandya came on to bowl, what he did right was take pace off the ball. And in Australia, where you have flat decks, where you have the ball coming on so nicely onto the bat, if your bowlers hit hard lengths, there's no doubt that they're, to, that they're going to be taken to the cleaners. And uh, that's what we saw how well Moises Andriquez did. You know, he was the extra bowler for them, and the Indian bowlers didn't, uh, Indian batsmen didn't take him on. So, and I think um, the Australians learned well from the way Pandya bowled. Uh, what they did was they took pace off the ball, they bowled hard lengths, they bowled short, uh, they used the Yorkers effectively, and they did. They made a mix of everything basically. The Indian bowlers, on the other hand, kept bowling at length. Um, they bowled in the slot, which was pretty easy for the Australians to hit away. So. I think it was it's a whole learning curve and let's not forget that the Indian team uh, was not extremely good in the sense that uh, the t- type of resources that they had, let's say, uh, because Bhuvneshwar Kumar wasn't there. Obviously, Bumrah was uh, off-colour, which wasn't ideal for India. So, I think there are a whole lot of issues that they were there, but uh, this is certainly a learning curve for the Indian bowlers and hopefully they should learn quite a bit um, for them to utilise the same in the T20 series. And what are your thoughts on uh, Hardik uh, playing as a batsman? Well, I'm I'm really a fan of Hardik, the batsman. You know, after Dhoni, I think uh, hands down he's the best finisher. Um, and uh, obviously, I mean, I won't say that I'm a fan of just Hardik, the batsman, because he gives a lot more with the ball as well. Um, I think he himself really likes to bowl. You can see the way he approaches his game on the field. Uh, he's he's a real match winner. He's a guy who plays for the team. He never really puts himself ahead of the team at uh, any point. But uh, he's someone who you can't miss out. Uh, you know, you, I was really surprised with the way India found a way to really keep Chahal out of the playing 11 in the first T20. Because I thought he was a he was someone who should really be in the 11 at all times. And that's the way Hardik Pandya is uh, an imperative part of the playing 11. And he's the finisher that probably India need now that Dhoni is not there. And uh, good to see that Jadeja is getting some runs under his belt. But... Hardik Pandya is going to be a very, very imperative part of the side. And even if he's just playing as a batsman, I'm I'm all for it. Because Hardik Pandya is a genuine match winner on any day. Absolutely. And what he brings to the fielding as well, added to that, is uh, incredible. And I think he's going to be uh, a really, really important player building up for 2023. Um, but um, And um, I know I made a comment about 
uh, Ravi Jadeja playing all three forms, but uh, he proved me wrong again, and I'm proud of the fact that he did. Um, just showing his um, utility as an all-rounder. Have um, Bandia bowling uh, soon. I think that's just going to strengthen the team with those two all-rounders in the team. Uh, but um, in terms of um, the, the ODI teams and the, the changes they made, and you brought the name of Jahal up, and we'll be talking about Jahal because he was in the news all over the news yesterday, although he wasn't in the starting 11. Uh, we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, in terms of the ODIs, as you know, um, the T20, uh, the World Cup's not until uh, 2023, but the, the ICC have created this new uh super league so the third game wasn't a dead rubber as it normally would be it counts towards um, a ranking um and it was a good comeback so india made a couple of changes well four changes uh but um it, it would have given quite a bit of confidence uh w winning that game yeah i think they were all certainly warranted changes because um i mean obviously india had lost the series and as you rightly mentioned uh, there was the world super league that they need to that they needed to take care of, but again, you know there are so many resources in Indian cricket, and uh, you might as well try the players out uh, given that they're in the squad because they're as good as any others. Probably they're just lacking in bit of, in a bit of experience, but uh, that's what they bring to the fore. And we saw them, you know, Natarajan did really well on his debut. Uh, everyone was so happy to see him in blue. Um, his his journey is one in a million. I don't think. Um, you know, we'll have too many uh, cricketers uh, who can, you know, put up their hand at 29, put two legs up in the free, in the air and say, you know what, I've played, I've made my India debut at 29. And uh, to see his journey is fantastic. And Shubman Gill, you know, he's such a pleasing batsman to the eye. I think we've spoken multiple times about uh, what Gill brings to the party. And at the top of the order, he did look through and before again, he threw his wicket away as well. And obviously, a couple of other changes, Saini didn't play, Mayank Agarwal didn't play. So, uh, a couple of changes, Kuldeep Yadav brought back into the side. I think uh, it was a good move. But uh, I'm afraid KKR have uh, really, really put Kuldeep Yadav yeah. in a spot of bother. Um, I'm not really too sure about his mental space. I'm just hoping, uh, given that he brings variation uh, you know, to the team, he's someone who should really be playing. But I'm not sure how they'll play him, considering that the balance of the team needs now with Pandya not being able to bowl. So... Uh, good to see the changes uh, made actually had an impact, but uh, we'll need to see if they can be stabilized for the long run as well. And uh, one player, obviously, that was talked about a lot, um, uh, uh, the captain of the uh, winning team in the IPL. What's the latest on Rohit? And, um, you know, what is the issue there? Is his injury such that he couldn't go with the squad? Well, I'll be honest with you, we're all pretty much left. Uh, left in the unknown. I mean, none of us really know what the idea is. Uh, a lot of contrasting reports, some of them saying that, uh, you know, Rohit wanted to fly back to Mumbai to be with his father, which is apparently true. Uh, but as per his as per his injury, I mean, uh, he himself came out and said that he was okay to play the last few T20s. Uh, but why he isn't playing the T20 series against Australia is something that needs to be answered. Probably He's not fit enough to play the test series and that's why he didn't want to be here just for the D20 series and then fly back. Um, but I think the whole issue at the forefront is the fact that there's a miscommunication between the captain, the coach and the board and of course Rohit Sharma himself because um, the captain and the coach are two of the most key factors of a team and uh, the way Virat Kohli spoke in the conference, you know, the, which was available for the whole world to watch, he said, 
I have absolutely no idea what's happening. You know, that's that's pretty much not how the team's supposed to be run. Because if you are the captain of the side and you're talking about Rohit Sharma, you know, Virat Kohli and Rohit Sharma have such a good friendship. Um, I mean, now obviously it might be tarnished, but what they've had over the years, they've built Indian cricket, they've been two major pillars of success for the team. And to see that they have, I mean, Kohli has no idea of Rohit Sharma's whereabouts or what, what the injury status is, I think. Uh, it, it really puts Indian cricket in a bad light, in my opinion. Yeah, and I agree. And I think um, I can understand from Roy's point of view um, that you know if he wasn't consulted about his injury, whether he was fit to go, what he what he wanted to do, because he's such a crucial part of not just our ODI ODI for building up to the 2021 T20 World Cup in India. He's going to be crucial for that, and uh, there's not going to be a huge stack of T20 games. Obviously, there'll be the IPL. But if there's any issues in the in the in the dressing room, um, that's not good for Indian cricket. Absolutely not, because uh, he's he's going to be a huge player, and uh, I think he was obviously going to take over the side in Virat Kohli's absence if he were to play the limited over series. Um, I mean, uh, Kohli won't be missing the limited over series, the last two T20s. But in case Kohli is not there, you know, if uh, India towards Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka come to India, and Kohli wants to rest himself. Uh, Rohit Sharma is the one who's going to be captaining the side. And uh, now that he's put everyone in the dark, no one knows what's happening. Uh, literally, there is absolutely not one media house in the whole country which is uh, sure of Rohit Sharma's status, what he's thinking, what the board is thinking. No one has any answers. And um, I think, um, you know, for, for people who've watched uh, Scam 1992 on Sony Live, this is probably Scam 2020, which is right in front of our eyes. Uh, across all channels and Sony lives with broadcasting India, Australia. So I think 18 years later, we have Scam 2020 and hopefully the issue resolves soon because I am really perplexed by the whole situation at hand. Yeah, and it's very sad because he is a crucial part of our... Do you think, um, you know, the, the big um, support for him to take over the captaincy has affected Virat's friendship with uh, Kohli or their friendship? Um, from the outside, much, much stronger than than that. Or does Rohit probably himself think, yeah, I should be leading this team now. I deserve that. Well, I think uh, fans have definitely been clamoring for uh, Rohit Sharma to take over the T20I captaincy uh, for a long time now, considering his success in the IPL. And uh, it, it's no small fact that, you know, Rohit Sharma is probably one of the best captains in the IPL, one of the best captains in T20 cricket history. Um, and it's only warranted for people to want Rohit Sharma to take over that position. But uh, Kohli, obviously, someone who um, who's grown with the team, he has uh, really taken Indian cricket to different levels. And I think you rightly mentioned that uh, there might be uh, something that's bothering Kohli and that's really rubbing off on the way he plays his cricket. But I think it's just a, a matter of time before he gets back to form with the bat. Obviously, he uh, he looked decent in the ODI series. He obviously couldn't score too big, but. Uh, he looked decent. He got very close to scoring a century, but unfortunately, wasn't the case. And um, I, I really feel, you know, for me personally, uh, given the time that he spent with uh, his wife and the time he spent with family to come out and, uh, you know, to be expecting the first child, um, you know, to be playing cricket. Probably, you know, when we spoke about uh, how, how the IEPL has probably softened Australian cricketers, in my opinion, the IEPL has probably softened the Indian cricketers because... We're seeing KL Rahul is going and rubbing Aaron Finch's belly and uh, uh, Virat Kohli is going and high-fiving all his play, all the Australian players. Um, 
I mean, all of them are sharing a laugh. There is no real rivalry on the field. Um, you know, you can obviously keep all your celebrations and all your friendships off the field. Um, I mean, I, I'd like to get your opinion on this because uh, we've seen how very important it is for rivalries to fuel players. And the other day, Cameron Green, you know, he made his debut for Australia. And uh, he, he after the match, he said, you know, I was taken aback by how nice scale Rahul was to me behind the stumps. And that was a very, very crucial point in the match where, you know, India could have taken ascendancy if... Uh, Green had got out, but he probably got to settle in and, you know, then Australia pretty much uh, were very comfortable throughout. But what's your take on this? You know, uh, do you are you a fan of on-field rivalries or do you want to see these players keep their friendships on the field as well? No, no. I am a big fan of uh, on-field uh, rivalries. Obviously, there's a line you don't cross, but there has to be that... Um, um, that passion that you want to win and that friendliness does affect how you play it. No matter what anybody says, if you pat somebody on the back or smile or high five, that doesn't give the right impression. Just to give you an example, the first time I saw that because of the IPL was Indian players and the West Indians. They became so mm. friendly and, you know, they were like, you know, you, you'd think they were teammates internationally, <laughs> let alone in the IPL. And now it's transferred to the Australians who we did have and it does, you know, if you bring that passion on onto the field, it does make a difference. And you want everybody talks about that one percent. You know, one percent makes a difference, and that one percent is negative one. You're going in there friendly with somebody, an opposition player. You know, you don't want to um, say anything because you know he's your teammate or you played with uh, against him in the IPL. And we see that. And uh, when you were talking about that, it reminded me here of um, uh, Leicester City and the players here, just to give you a bit of an example. Some of the young players obviously grew up together playing uh, junior football and for the national under-21s, under-19s. And uh, we played a team called Aston Villa here mm -hmm. and uh, we lost. And a couple of the players, Chilwell and Grealish, outside football, are friends, very good friends. They go on holidays, you see the Instagram photos. And they were like, you know, talking and smiling and Leicester City had just lost a game and that did not go down well with me and the vast majority of Leicester City fans. You don't do that on the pitch. Once you're in the dressing room, changed and recovered, yeah, that's fine. But on the pitch, you don't do that. And this was reflective of what was happening in the Australian series. It was very noticeable. And like I said, I first saw it here. We're playing West Indies and you saw the friendships and the big hug. How do you... And, um, yeah, it, it takes away that 1%, in my opinion, if you don't have that aggression. Um, I don't know. Uh, as a nation, are we? Too, I, I think we are getting a bit soft. Um, I think I've said it before. Uh, I like some of the players, young players, who have that aggression, you know, a bit like yeah. um, Rissab Pant and uh, uh, Ishan Kishan. They have that arrogance. But if that goes away when you're playing cricket because you've got a friend from the IPL, uh, then it does affect your game slightly. So I'm with you on that one. I don't like to see it. I see it in the football and I don't like it. Um, save that for when you're on holiday or not playing against each other. I think, uh, yeah, I'm totally against it. And uh, it's not a good sign. But um, just going back to the um, uh, Roy, just to end, um, we used to, back in the day, Indian cricket suffered badly with clicks. You know, if you're in, you weren't in that clique, you weren't selected or you suffered in the uh, dressing room. I hope we're not going uh, down that way with Rohit and uh, any issues that um, him and uh, Kohli have, because that's going to be to the detriment of the national team. Like I said, building up to the big uh, World Cup next week and Kohli, to be fair, 
does need to now win a tournament. He needs to win ICC tournament um, just to um, finish off his CD. Uh, but just, I said I was going to end it there, but who would you have partner Rohit uh, ideally in a T20 game? Would it be KL or would it still be uh, Shekhar? Um, look, I mean, I'm a huge Kale Rahul fan. Uh, there's no two ways about it. And Kale Rahul is obviously an imperative part of uh, the Indian team now. He's the vice captain of the side. Um, he's been given the duty with the gloves and uh, he's done a very good job at it. And I feel he's really been uh, wasted uh, low down the order if he's played at five or if he's played at even four for that matter of fact. And uh, good to see that he's opening uh, in the T20i series because uh, alongside Shikhar Dhawan, obviously, uh, look, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not saying Shikhar Dhawan's a bad player, but I don't think he's really uh, done anything of note which will see him uh, take over that spot for the T20 World Cup. Uh, he's had a great IPL, no doubt, but I think he's played only four good knocks out of uh, 17 matches that he played in the IPL. So, I'm not sure he's going to have that place for sure in the side. And, uh, I mean, his fielding's been a little iffy over the last uh, few um, months, so to say, even including the IPL, if you look at it. And uh, Kohli is someone who is really, really a, has a very big emphasis on the fielding and need to be fit on the field. So, I don't see uh, Shikhar Dhawan, uh, you know, being a very, very big part of the World Cup uh, team. But given the whole saga between Rohit and Kohli and what's happening, I feel they might, I mean, Shikhar Dhawan might just make the squad. But um, I'm hoping it is Rohit and KL Rahul opening the batting. I'm, I'm glad you agree, because that's what I wrote down. I was uh, sort of picking my uh, ideal T20 team for the World Cup, first game in the World Cup, and um, I think I've only got two slots open, uh, but I'll talk to you about that in a bit. But, uh, yeah, that'd be my ideal opening partnership. And this is why I thought um, it would have been good. I mean, we know what Shekhar can do, what he's done. He's been incredible for us. Um, but uh, I think it would have been a good opportunity to bring somebody like Devda to this um tall uh, young man who's going to be the future of Indian cricket to give him a bit of an insight to international cricket, see how he performs. Obviously, it's not going to make or break his uh, future career, but I think this would have been a good opportunity uh, to have him as a third opener. Um, obviously, we've got Mayank as well. Um, I mean, there's a whole host of uh, players that can fill that role, but I think for the young man, it would have been good because we know what Shaka could do. Uh, it might have been a good opportunity, but that's by the by. Um, but moving to uh, the game uh, yesterday, and um, do you think this will be a quiz question as to a player that wasn't in the starting eleven yet won the man of the match? Oh man, I think I think uh, Indian fans are never going to let this go. I think uh, especially the guy who. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, especially the guy who proposed to his Australian girlfriend, he's probably going to frame that and frame uh, Chahel's photo as well, you know, right next to that. And uh, probably, um, but, you know, look, I mean, uh, I'm sure that they, uh, the decision that they took was certainly within the boundaries of the rules set by the ICC. And um, I mean, I think uh, we'll, we'll all have our opinions about it. And, uh, but I honestly feel uh, it, it something that that has really been uh, blown out of proportion, so to say, by uh, every single person because it takes some time for the concussion to set in. I mean, uh, people might argue that uh, you know uh, Jadeja wasn't attended to, and uh, you know physio wasn't out there, and they didn't stretch him away. But sometimes it uh, you know the the fatigue level that uh, you know hits a player after the innings, and he's walking back into the dressing room. 
uh, once he goes back in, into the dressing room, it takes some time for that concussion to set in. And probably that's what really happened. And, uh, you know, the match referees as well, you know, David Boone obviously knew what he was doing. Uh, he's very experienced. And um, I think it was just uh, uh, something, it was written in uh, Virat Kohli's destiny probably that uh, Chahel or even Chahel's destiny that he was going to come in and... Uh, produce a man of the match performance but uh, yeah definitely going to go down as one of um, the uh, brightest moments so to say in indian cricket history we we usually the receiving end of uh, such um, shenanigans from other international teams and we've been there in the past but i think well I, uh, to be fair I, I, it was a bit harsh to say shenanigans i didn't mean it that way i think like you said uh, everything the indian uh, side did was within the icc rules you know just somebody's been hit in the head um, they don't have to be seen immediately by the, and it was the last over. Um, so, you know, uh, it can get to you um, afterwards. Like you said, you know, when you uh, sit down, it can affect you. And the Australians, more than any other nation, obviously has a bad, bad uh, experience of uh, these issues. And they're very uh, keen to ensure it doesn't happen again in terms of anything to do with uh, the ball hitting the helmet or the head. Um, but, um, you know, there were issues around whether the hamstring injury overrided the uh, concussion element. And uh, do you think there was any other options in terms of a like-for-like -like, uh, change? Because like you said, David Boone, the match referee, said, yeah, that's a like-for-like. -like. Uh, obviously, the Australians didn't think it was a like-for-like. -like, but was there any other option they could have gone with? Well, there wasn't any other spinner in the side. Uh, Kuldeep Yadav wasn't a part of the T20 team. So... I think uh, the only option they had was that, uh, Chahil. And, uh, you know, he's obviously, I think, uh, pretty much India value. Uh, Jadeja is more of a bowling all-rounder than a batting all-rounder, although he's proving to be more of a batting all-rounder uh, over the last few months, including in the IPL as well. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I'll be very honest with you. If India had lost this match, I don't think a single soul would have spoken about this issue and uh, not a single person would have... Uh, uh, had their own opinions, their own thousands of discussions, their own 100,000 debates and uh, whatnot about this whole topic. But just because India won and yeah. uh, just because Chahel was the one who really orchestrated that win and uh, was the main uh, person behind the win, I think um, everyone has their opinion. Everyone wants to say have a say about it. But eventually, unless we hear the real story from the match referee, I think it's only... Uh, right to stay within our boundaries and uh, you know make sure that we have our opinion but it just sticks there and we don't come to foregone conclusions because of that yeah yeah and, and i i agree with you 100 percent. i think it's because india won the oldest stuff more by australia than anybody else i know michael vaughan as is his want he does like to tweet and um, he did add his two pennies worth but uh, no we we played by the rules there was an australian match referee so there's no issues of bias there and, um, yeah, it was uh, just because um, Jahal made the difference. But I just want to talk about two players, and it was a really good win. Uh, 161 wasn't the highest, but I thought the bowling stood out for me. And uh, a couple of players, one you mentioned earlier, but uh, and I want to talk about Natrajan because I was so happy for him as well yesterday. But uh, Washington Sundar, um, he had a great IPL. Um, he's been in and around, but um, he bowled magnificently yesterday, and obviously he's, he's uh, from your part of the world. Um, tell us a bit more about Natrajan and Washington, because they're two players from the South who did us real proud yesterday. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Natarajan, obviously, everyone knows his story um, from where he's come. Very humble backgrounds, uh, struggled to make a living early on. Uh, started playing tennis ball cricket and then slowly graduated up the ranks. And, uh, you know, he was he he was picked up in the Tamil Nadu Premier League. And uh, apparently, Virinder Sevag was the first one who spotted his talent. And, uh, uh, you know, people laughed at him and he wanted to pick him, pick Natarajan for the Kings and Punjab squad. But uh, Sunrisers picked him up. Uh, he had a phenomenal run last season, I mean, in this season. And... Um, I wasn't at all surprised with his inclusion in the side because, you know, people like Natarajan, they really, really want to perform. Uh, they want to prove to the world that they're there to make a difference. And uh, he's he's certainly, uh, I mean, he's 29. He's definitely not one among the younger crop. But uh, if he can continue for four to five years more, he can probably uh, be what uh, Zaheer Khan once was for the Indian team. Uh, you know, left-arm pacer who... Uh, can really, really make an impact. And I, I think uh, he's a great talent. And Washington Sundar, I mean, I, I don't think words are enough to praise what he does. Uh, to give away just 16 runs from four overs, I think it's a fantastic effort. And the way he bowls, you know, his line and length, it, it, he, he doesn't seem like a bowler who's going to pick too many wickets. But what he does is he restricts runs from one end, and which means that the batsmen have to take on the other bowlers. And that's where the wickets come. So, uh, he's he's pretty much uh, someone who plays a backdoor support uh, role of sorts. But uh, yeah, he had a very, very big role in yesterday's game as well. And good to see him uh, do well because I don't think a lot of people uh, are in favour of uh, Sundar's uh, inclusion in the side ahead of Chahal. But uh, Sundar did a great job. And uh, to see Chahal somehow finding his spot back in that 11 uh, despite an, an unfortunate injury to Jadeja, good to see that uh, the team did so well eventually. That's interesting. You say that um, the choice is between Sundar and uh, Chahel. Uh, they're different bowlers. Why, 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 did, why would it be between one or the other? Why can't both of them play? Or is uh, it well, I mean, we have uh, Jareja that you have to pick between them? Yeah, I mean, ideally in a T20 format, you know, you have only 20 overs to play with. And uh, if you have uh, four, two bowlers who are both... Um, uh, you know, bowlers will restrict runs. One is bound to have a bad day and you need to have wicket-taking bowlers because uh, if one of your pacers has an off day, uh, like yesterday when Shami didn't really do well, I think he was taking for 46 runs in four overs. So, uh, you're forced to bowl uh, your top five bowlers and if Hardik Pandya can't bowl, then you don't have another option. So, uh, you'd rather have one wicket-taking option and one option which can uh, really restrict the runs rather than have two bowlers who can restrict the runs and then have just your pacers. So, I think uh, the common understanding is to have Chahel in the side as a wicket-taker and uh, I think that's why people were a little surprised to see him being excluded in the first place. So, so are you saying they both can't play in the same team? Uh, Chahel and Sundar? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, considering that the way the Indian team uh, is right now, uh, they need to have the top four batsmen followed by Pandya and Jadeja. So, I think that six positions taken straight away and uh, there's nothing, I mean, sorry, four, five, six, seven positions taken straight away because uh, if you have Kohli in at three, you have Rahul, uh, sorry, you have Manish Pandey and Sanju Samson at four and five. Uh, you've got Hardik at six, you've got Jadej at seven and uh, that just leaves you with uh, four other positions. So, um, I think it, it's a lot to deal with in the way uh, the Indian team is structured. Um, so, I think just in terms of balance, one spinner will definitely need to sit out at any point in time. And that's why I think 
um, it'll be a long, long time before we see Kuldeep and Chahal playing together in the same match because you can't um, you can't change the team balance. And uh, the unfortunate part is because Pandya can't bowl much. I think they'll need to find a way to fit him as a pure batsman, and for that they'll need to keep one bowler out. So I think that's the whole reason why um, Chahal and Kuldeep, two wicket-taking bowlers, can't play in the same game. And in terms of, you mentioned uh, Sanjay Samson, and uh, I wanted to ask you about him because it goes back to um, uh, Hardik quite rightly playing, although he's classed as an all-rounder, but he's playing as a batsman at the moment. Um, is uh, Sanjay Samson deservedly there? I, I like I, I like him a lot. Uh, another young talent, great fielding, but, you know, he's a wicket-keeper batsman, but he's playing as a batsman. Yeah, I think Sanju Samson definitely has some talent about him. Uh, a lot of people are skeptical about his inclusion in the side because he doesn't have great uh, records in the domestic circuit, uh, specifically in terms of T20 cricket. And um, I think obviously Rishabh Pant is a much better bet in that sense. And he's someone who can produce that finishing aspect as well. But uh, uh, I think every Indian player obviously merits a place in the 11. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Unfortunately, Manish Pandey, uh, in my opinion, is is a little too slow uh, to get off the blocks. And that's not something that's ideal for uh, T20 cricket, considering that he comes in at that crucial number five position. So, I think that's one issue that will need to be sorted out to find someone who can really uh, start on the aggressive uh, right from the first ball and not take their time in the middle. Uh, as for Sanju Samson, he really has this style about him. He... Uh, he can really switch into fifth gear right when he needs to. And I think he's a good inclusion in the side. Um, we'll just need to figure out uh, how Manish Pandey can try and time his innings better, I guess. That's probably one of the bigger um, aspects of worry that the Indian T20 side probably has for now. And uh, in terms of the game tomorrow, you don't do a winning side. So, do you keep... Well, Jadid has ruled out... Um, do you keep Chahal in or do you uh, bring in... Is, is it Shardul Thakur who is being brought in instead of Jadaja? Yeah, Shardul Thakur, uh, Shardul Thakur has been brought back to the side. Um, I think he play, I mean, he did play the ODIs and uh, he did play the third ODI. And so he's come back into the T20 side as well. But I feel they'll stick with uh, you know Chahal in the team because obviously Kohli knows what uh, Chahal can bring to the table. And... Uh, I probably, I'm, I'm guessing that they'll stick to the same batting lineup because they've got batting till Hardik Pandya at six anyway. So, uh, they're probably going to rest, in my opinion, they'll probably rest Shami and bring back Bumrah. So, these are probably the two changes uh, that Chahal will play in place of Jadeja and Bumrah will play in place of Shami just because uh, they they want to um, you know ensure that they manage the workload of the players before the test series. And um, now that you've, you know, we've seen the T20 series, uh, I mean, the beginnings of it and um, the ODI series, and I think there's a, a warm-up game before the test series, and you made um, a, quite a confident prediction before the uh, the series started. Um, I'm just wondering if uh, your thoughts have changed in terms of how the Border Gavaska trophy will go. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm probably going to stick to the same thing. I mean... Uh... It's tempting to pick the Aussies to win, but uh, I think India definitely have a good side. Uh, they've got some solid players who probably have got enough practice under their belt. And uh, the Australian bowlers are certainly looking a little bit rusty, in my opinion. Mitchell Stark hasn't exactly um, made a very good comeback. And he was good in the Sheffield Shield, but uh, he hasn't really been good on the international circuit in the last few games. Um, Hazelwood, obviously, is a big player for them. So is Pat Cummins. But... 
uh, i really feel that india definitely have a good team and uh, the batsmen particularly to make an impact and if the bowlers keep away from injuries and hit the right line line and length uh, just slightly back of length and not too much uh, too full uh, i think india definitely have a good chance at uh, troubling the aussies and uh, that's that can only mean good thing so i i'm still backing our boys to come good good i'm glad you are because i was a little bit worried that you might have um, slightly changed <laughs> but uh, your confidence is growing on me as well um but just to end on a slightly um personal note uh, we saw uh, i saw some stories this week and obviously it stood out for obvious reasons that uh, there are plans to extend uh, the number of franchises in the IPL by maybe one or two teams and the news seems to be that there's a great degree of confidence that gujarat might get a team yeah you you should tell me about that because i already have a team uh, in the IPL uh, which i can support and obviously <laughs> but uh, i mean uh, look i'm i'm honestly a very very IPL huge need to be uh, expanded to 12 teams or even 11 teams which will be an odd, odd number for it's a franchise league as per i think uh, 10 teams is still okay although i'm not a fan of this whole idea of uh, making it two groups and uh, um, you know trying to put uh, i mean trying to make one team play the other four uh two times and uh, you know the uh, i mean obviously each team plays probably eight matches according to what they're saying uh, it doesn't really uh, i mean in in my opinion look i mean the ipl has built so many rivalries over the years uh, imagine if csk and rcb aren't in the same group that's just going to seem very very awkward uh, you know because csk versus rcb is something that a lot of fans look forward to and if you don't have that then uh it's just going to make things a lot different but so we'll need to wait and watch we'll need to see how these two teams are fitted into the scheme of things because that only means that there should be a mega auction and i am a huge fan of auctions i just love the thrill um i love i love having fun out of the tension that is in the auction room you know we can have our own strategies uh we can we can see players moving teams and uh, to see how teams really build uh the core around a couple of players is something that's very exciting so i'm all for a mega auction honestly and um, i mean i think uh, rcb definitely need it as well so i'm all for it and hopefully we'll we'll see some really good uh, cricket in the next ipl yeah and uh, well the first point to what you said i quite agree i like the uh, league format i don't think the two groups uh, would work but you never know um but um I can see why you want a big auction but I want to can't wait till the meeting on the 24th and if they announce a team uh for my part of the world uh, I'll be even more happy I'll be sorry to lose uh the capitals but uh, it'll be good to have a team um uh, but I mean, who would you want as captain of your side <laughs> That's it that's a tricky one you know uh that is a tough one I've not thought about it I'm just happy that we might potentially have a team and uh, once that's confirmed I'll come back to you in terms of uh the player that could lead us. Um but no fantastic as always uh speaking to you. Um it's been uh, brilliant to see cricket in Australia international cricket especially with the crowds that's really made it for me. I've really enjoyed that again. And um it, it, a lot of talking points obviously uh for the past few weeks but um hopefully we can catch up again as this series progresses. Um any final thoughts? no i mean uh, hopefully we we managed to win the t20 series i think uh, we've been unbeaten for the last nine games 
and uh, if if uh, if if the show can give us and our indian cricketers some luck then uh, might as well do it more often because i really love chatting with you every single time uh, it's great to always be on the show and chat with you uh, chat about cricket so can't thank you enough for having me on the show again and uh, hopefully we will talk real soon and we'll have a lot to chat about in a positive uh, sense of india win more matches Oh, but before I just remembered, uh, I, I follow obviously um, your network as Sports Killer, and uh, you've been putting up uh, your 11s, and you put up 11 from was it England versus India in the World Cup? What was the outcome of that? Who would win that? I don't know if it was uh, which one. Was which one? one sorry, I, I didn't catch that. There was a, I saw it on Facebook, and it's one that stood out for me because it involved England. I think it was the um, uh, 2011 Indian team World Cup winning. the 2019 England World Cup winning team um mm-hmm. and I think uh, I don't know if you put that together or your team did but uh, what was the outcome did you get a result as to who what people thought in terms of who would win that game I think I need to go back and check because uh, I I can't really seem to recollect uh, what what this was but if you send me a link I can definitely get you the answer to that but unfortunately right now Uh, I honestly don't know what exactly that is. I'll probably need to no, go back. No, that was a good one. Uh, I thought that was a really good one, <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll send you the link. Fantastic, sure, uh, sure. brilliant, and um, uh, thank you again for your time. And hopefully, we'll catch up soon. You have a fantastic evening and weekend, my friend. Thanks, thanks again for having me. You have a great weekend too. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Mm-hmm.